Tonight, we want to share a testimony of what God has done in our life. You know, between me and Jesse, we have had massive healings, massive, massive healings, huge miracles. And uh, um, tonight, Jesse is going to share something that God did for her uh, about four years ago. You know, I see a, a grapefruit in her hand, so probably she's going to teach us how to make grapefruit curry tonight. Right. That's right. <laughs> So, no, so first you have to chop some onions. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. What's the story, Jesse? <laughs> now, a few years ago, I, I had an ultrasound scan, and uh, this was with, with the number one uh, specialist gynecologist in Hawke's Bay. And he gave a report, and he said that I had half a dozen fibroids in my womb. Now... Fibroids. What's fibroids? <laughs> fibroids are, they are non-cancerous uh, tumors of muscle, okay? And there were half a dozen of them in my womb. And the biggest one was the size of this grapefruit. And there were a few other large ones and, and a few small ones. So the doctor, sorry, did you? No, no. no. Okay. So the doctor, he said that, that one is, I will not be able to conceive again. And if I conceive, it'll be a miscarriage because be, there's no space for the baby to grow. And um, the other thing he said that I'll have to go undergo an operation to get rid of these fibroids. And uh, I took this before the Lord. Of course, I felt devastated. And I, I went into depression, actually, because uh, we, we wanted to go for another child. And, and this is what the doctor says. And I was depressed for a few days. And I took it before the Lord, and the Lord spoke to me. Okay, the, we had another child. That's another miracle altogether. And um, I took this issue of fibroids before the Lord, and he spoke to me through, through the Bible. He, and it was, it was a strange thing that he spoke. As Biden said, that we cannot put God in a box, you know. And as I read the scriptures, um, he spoke to me through um, Isaiah, that eat curds and honey. And, uh, and I knew that this had some link to the healing of my fibroids. And, but then, you know, I had not heard any, anybody getting healed of curds and, by eating curds and honey. And so my logical reasoning started kicking in and I said, okay. Not, I did not straight away start doing it, but it was in my heart and I knew that the Lord had spoken to me. After a few days again, the Lord spoke to me again through another scripture. And there are not many scriptures of curds and honey. There are hardly three scriptures. Then through another scripture, the Lord said, spoke to me again, eat curds and honey. And this time I, I knew that, okay, I better obey because if I don't obey, I'm not going to get my healing. So I started eating curds and honey. And, uh, and after, after, okay, now medically, what, what medical science says that if I, if I were to have an, a, a baby with these fibroids in, these fibroids would grow bigger and bigger as the child grows. Okay? So, so it's going to be really difficult for the child. But that did not happen. And um, God healed me of these fibroids. Yeah. So yeah. are you saying that uh, curd and honey healed you? No, it was simple obedience to the Lord. 
It was like when God asked the Israelites to, to go around the Jericho wall for, for seven days. There was no logical reason behind them going you know, quietly around this Jericho wall and the wall falling down. There was no logical link between the two, but they, just their simple obedience to what the Lord had said did the miracle. So what happened uh, afterwards? What, did you find out about your fibroids? Yep. I had another scan and uh, all these large fibroids had disappeared. And <laughs> except for, for two tiny ones, but the doctor said there's no need of an operation for that. So did you see that doctor again? Yeah. What did he say? Oh, no, it was not that doctor. No. <laughs> now, uh, the, the doctor no, no, yeah. that, who said that we could not have a baby, he was the same doctor who came to deliver the baby, yeah. and he said, this that's is a miracle. Right. Yeah. This that's is a miracle because it just could not happen. So our, our child is now four years old, four and a half years old, and she's alive and, and very vibrant. Yes. Amen? <laughs> That's right. So what would you tell people tonight, Jesse? I know that there are a few people here to whom the Lord has spoke, spoken, and he has asked you to do something to get your miracle. I just want to encourage, put your logical reasoning aside and just obey him. And your miracle is on the way. I just want to you know, our God is a big God. Let's not put him in a box. If God has spoken to you and you are expecting that miracle, we would love to pray for you. We would love to, to pray that God would move on your, on your behalf and he would heal you. If you are here and you have heard from God you, or you have, you have a sickness in your body and you are believing God to heal you, we would encourage you to come forward. We would love to pray for you now. You know, if you have a sickness in your body and you are expecting God to heal you, we would love to pray with you now. Because in the last couple of months, we have seen massive, massive miracles happen. We have seen two cancer cases totally healed. We have seen ears open. We have seen eyes, the, the cornea of the eyes that had a, had a, had a tunnel vision open up and, and eyes being starting to open up. We have seen uh, a person who had... Uh, uh, cirrhosis which would not allow the mouth to be open beyond a certain limit totally open up and being totally healed if you are here tonight and you are believing that God would move on your behalf and heal you we would love to pray with you now hallelujah hallelujah just, just believe God just believe God that he will heal you hallelujah thank you Jesus hallelujah hallelujah Awesome. Awesome God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just lift our eyes to the Lord. Just lift your eyes to the Lord. Because He is the one who heals. He is the one who heals. He is the one who heals. We are healed by the stripes of Jesus. We are healed by the stripes of Jesus. He's the one who heals. He's the one who heals. Father, tonight, even as we come into your presence, Lord, tonight, tonight we come to the cross. We come to the cross where your blood was shed. Tonight, Lord, we come to the cross where your blood was shed. We come to the cross where your blood was shed, Father God. Jesus, we come to the cross where your blood was shed. 
And Jesus, we stand on the promise that you have given. By your stripes we are healed. By your stripes we are healed. Father, we take dominion over every infirmity. We take dominion over every infirmity now in Jesus' name. Lord, we speak healing. We speak healing to come upon these people, Father God. They are here to see you move on their behalf. Lord, tonight, church, come on. Open your mouths and start praying. Let's start believing God for a miracle for these people. Hallelujah. If you are a family elder or you are a pastor, Pastor Joy, can we just lay hands over these people and pray? If you are a family elder and you're here, Please come forward. We would love you to lay hands over these people and pray. Sue and, and, uh, and Neil, please. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Let's lay hands over these people and let's just know we don't need to pray long. Just lay hands over them and release the healing from heaven. Brighton, can you come over and please pray as well? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, yes, ask them what they, you can pray for and release healing. Release healing. Release healing. Release healing. Release healing. Release healing. In Jesus' name, release healing. The power of heaven is here. The power of heaven is here. The healing power of heaven is here. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Lord, we pray for healing. Lord, supernatural miracles. Supernatural miracles, Father God. Supernatural miracles, Lord. Lord, create your miracles tonight. Create your miracles, Father God. Lord, create your miracles. We release healing. We release healing. We release healing. We release healing. Lord, we release healing. Supernatural. Create your miracles, Father God. Lord, you are the supernatural God. You are the supernatural God. Creative healing, Lord. Creative healing. Lord, we speak to the infirmities, Lord. Right now, creative healing. Lord, we release that healing power from heaven. Creative healing, Lord. Creative healing. Creative miracles, Lord. Father, we release creative healing. Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, in Jesus' name, I call forth healing. I release healing in Jesus' name. We release healing, the kingdom that is within us. We release that to come upon people now in Jesus' name. Infirmity be gone in Jesus' name. Lord, we release healing in Jesus' name. I release that now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We release healing, Lord. Father, the healing from heaven. Healing from heaven, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I stand in agreement with my brother. And Father, I release the kingdom of heaven. I release the kingdom of heaven to come upon my brother here. Lord, I release healing in Jesus' name. Release healing, Lord. Speak to that infirmity now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, create miracles. Create miracles, Lord. New organs wherever necessary. New organs, Lord. We step out. By faith, we step out, Lord. And we take hold of your garment tonight. Just like the woman by the well, we take hold of the garment tonight. Lord, we speak creative miracles, Lord. Let eyes be open. Let eyes be open, Lord. Let eyes be open. Let, Lord, creative internal organs be created, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you have been prayed for and, and you can verify your healing, if you have been prayed for and we can verify your healing, we would love to hear a testimony if you can verify your healing. If you felt something go through your body, if you felt the touch from heaven. Come on, Mel. Father, in Jesus' name, we speak healing into this body right now. Lord, I command order into the muscles, Lord. I command order into the muscles. I speak to the muscles. Loose in Jesus' name, Father. Just loose her right now in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Check now. It's not as sore. Okay. Father, in Jesus' name, we speak healing now. Lord, we release healing now. Healing right now in Jesus' name. Check that. Just tight. All right. (laughs) Is there anybody whom we can verify? Is your healing verifiable now? Thank you, Lord. So after all, Jessie did not teach us to make curry. She taught us how to make lemonade out of lemon. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I love, I love to see people healed. I love to see people saved. It's my passion to see people saved. I remember almost 20 years ago, I had just been saved. And one night I was sitting, you know, I was sitting in the room. And I did not know any other Christians in my city. I knew churchgoers. I did not know any Christians in my city. And as I was sitting in my room, I was thinking about the great healing that God had done in my life. How he had set me free from sin, from torment in the night. I would have demons visit me. I could physically feel them. And God set me free from that. Demons would come into my room, sit on my bed, and I could feel that. I could feel demons trying to crush my head. And God set me free just like that. I did not know how to pray. I did not know where to look for scriptures in the Bible. I did not know any of those things. And God had set me free. And 
you know, it's immediately after I got saved, I was sitting in my room and I wanted to tell everybody about what God had done for me. I just could not hold it back. But as I said there, now by the way, there, were, there are 5.5 million people in my city. 5.5 million, this is 10 years ago. Today, I don't know how many. Could be 10 to 12 million. And as I sat there, suddenly this revelation or realization came to me that I was too small for this big task. I did not even know another believer. I did not even know if anybody else knew this Jesus that I love or knew this Jesus that had set me free. I sat there and I wept and I wept, not knowing what to do. Tonight, even as I'm sharing, I'm going to share something that God has, has given me tonight. I'm preaching to myself because I remember that night when I sat, when I sat there, lonely, not knowing what to do. I just sat there, totally astonished of what God would want me to do. Tonight, the scripture that I want to speak from is Mark chapter 1, verse 17. And then Jesus said to them, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Mark chapter, Mark chapter 1, verse 17. I, as, as, as God gave me this scripture, I started looking at it and saying, God, you have to tell me, you'll have to help me tonight to share what I want to share and what you want to share. And it started dropping into my mind ideas about various things. You know, when I started looking at, I, st I put myself in that place where Jesus is walking and is calling this Peter, this guy called Peter, to follow him. And as I sat there, I saw this fisherman. He's just been into the sea. His boat is not flash like the ones that we see here at Napier Port. It's a wooden one and he's been out fishing and he's just come back. And fishing is not the highest of profession in that nation. So Peter is not qualified. Peter does not really know the scriptures. And Peter is a nobody. Nobody really knows Peter. He's been there fishing. He's made a livelihood out of fishing. Tonight, I want to talk to those who, who think, you know, I want to go out and share the gospel, but I don't have it together. I don't think I know how to share the gospel. I don't think I know the language. I don't think I know the lingo. Peter did not know anything. He was a man who just was a fisherman and nothing more than that. And Jesus walks up to him and says, follow me, I'll make you a fisher of men. And I think Peter was not a very successful businessman as well because he would have to go out fishing every day. He did not have staff who would go out. He did not have 
paid staff who would do the fishing on his behalf and he could sell it. So Peter was no different from some of us here. And then Jesus walks on and he goes to two more brothers. He says to James and John, follow me, I will make you fishers of men. These are financially a little better than, than Peter because their father had some servants as well. So they left the business and they go and joined Jesus. Okay. Now I started looking up, what is Jesus saying? Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Normally when I have read it, I thought that he said, just, just follow me. You know, just get behind me and follow me. I started looking at, at the scripture and I started looking at what does that word mean. When he said, follow me, he was not saying, follow me. He was saying, model me. Come and learn of me. And do what I do. Copy me. Model my lifestyle so that you will be able to do what I want you to do. Tonight I want to tell you, Jesus is telling you, I'll make you fishers of men. He wants to give you keys tonight so that when you go out tonight, you won't think that I don't know how to share the gospel. Because we have a model that we can follow. Jesus said to Peter, follow me, model me, so that you would know how, how, how to do these things. And the second thing that I looked up is, he said, I will make you fishers of men. So there was going to be a partnership with God. It was not going to be all by himself. Twenty years ago, I thought I will have to do all, everything all by myself. That is not God's way of doing things. God partners with us. He comes beside us and he starts teaching us how to do things. So here's Peter and James and John. They join Jesus and Jesus takes them on, the, on this journey. On this journey, he's going to start teaching them what to do. So he's starting to model his lifestyle. And he, now, we need to understand that Peter and, and, and all these guys, they're not educated. They've not been to university, so they do not know a lot of things. Neither have been, they've been very religious. They, they know that there are, there are five feasts in the nation, and it happens, and we go and, and feed ourselves, and we come back, and then we get on with our business. Peter doesn't have any more revelation than that. So he's... He is totally uneducated. So if Jesus had to use him, there had to come some changes and shifts in him. First was, he had to come to a revelation of who God is or who Jesus is. And the second one was, he had to come to a revelation of who he was or what his role would be or what his part would be. So Jesus takes them into, you know, Jesus takes them with them and Jesus has a fantastic way of, of introducing the kingdom to Peter, James, and John. He just takes them into a synagogue and he starts preaching. And this is what the Bible says, verse 21. And they were astonished. Who is this they? Peter, John, and James. Because this is the first time they are starting to go with him. And it says that they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. So the first lesson that Peter, James, and John learned was that the word of God is not figment, is not a figment of somebody's, somebody's thought. It's not a figment of somebody's imagination. He started realizing, they started realizing that the word of God is actually a reflection of what is in heaven. 
It is actually a reflection of what is in heaven and it is starting to reflect the way God sees things on, on earth. So it's a reflection. Say for example, when God started, you know recently God started talking to me. He said, do you want to see more, he, more people healed? I said, yes. Do you want to see more people saved? I said, yes. Then he said, go to Revelation and start meditating on the scripture where it says that before the throne stood people from every tribe, every nation, every, every, every language. They stood before him and worshipped him and honoured him. So he asked me to meditate on this, that I would start coming into an agreement with what God is saying about salvation, about people, people who will get saved. And so, you know, that has become the cornerstone. When I start praying for people now, I, st- I go back to that scripture. I go back to the scripture and I start imagining that person standing in the throne room of God and worshipping God because it, doesn't say, it, it says that from every tribe, from every tribe, every nation, every language, every language, we have 2,000 dialects in India. We have 2,000 dialects in India and 26 main languages. Imagine every tongue, every tribe. And I started imagining these people. And I've started seeing more people getting saved. Why? I've started coming into agreement what I started seeing in heaven, I started seeing on earth. If you want to see somebody saved, come into agreement with what word says. What the word says about them. What the word says about that person. How does God see that person? None perish. None perish. Everyone saved. None perish. Everyone saved. It doesn't matter what their sin is. It doesn't matter what they are involved in. None perish. God says none perish. And everybody saved. None perish. Everybody saved. And so Peter and John and James are in the synagogue. And they are starting to see that Jesus does not teach things as if he does not have authority. He has full authority. And I looked up that word. What does that authority mean? It's, it's like, let me explain in a practical way. I'm not a sparky, I'm not an electrician. So if you ask me, how does the bulb come on? I go and switch on the switch. That's how the, this bulb will come on, right? That's how a scribe will describe the, the words from the Bible. But when somebody who is a sparky, he has a look at the bulb, he would say there is a negative and a positive that goes down there, and then there is an AC-DC current that comes through. I hope I'm right. You know? So they, they have a bit more authority in that area. In the same way, Jesus, when he taught, he taught as if he knew what he was talking. When he said things, it was not as if he had this, this brainwave. He knew the details. He knew the in and out of it. And so Jesus started teaching. And then immediately there's a chance for Jesus to demonstrate what he had just been teaching. A man manifested. You know, I've, I've read through the Old Testament. I have not found anywhere demons manifest before this. So there were definitely some demons there. But the children of Israel did not know how to manage them. I do not see, really, I do not see that, that anybody had approached and commanded the demons to come out. I do not see an, an, another example. And suddenly a demon manifests. And people, people know that there is demons, there is bondages and things like that. And you, you know what Jesus said? I command you to come out in Jesus' name. Oh, I command you to come out now. I command you to come out now. Jesus just demonstrated 
that what he had been teaching, that there is authority and power in the word, he just demonstrated that right in front of their eyes. So for them, that was a big revelation that they had, they had the right and the authority to, to speak to demons and command them to come out. They were just absolutely amazed. They were just absolutely amazed. When he finished in the synagogue, you know, Peter and, 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 P- Peter and the, tri- on the group took them to Peter's house. Now, Peter's mother-in-law is very sick. You need to understand that now Jesus is on a journey to teach his disciples something new. Because they have never been on this road before. They have never seen anything like that. What did he say? Follow me, I will make you fishers of men. So these were the foundations of what Jesus was teaching to, to enable them to be, to be fishers of men. He would teach them how to fish men. And so they reach home. They reach home and Peter's mother-in-law is unwell. Peter's mother-in-law is unwell, so Jesus just takes hold of her and, and, and commands her to stand up and she is healed. So Jesus just demonstrated that, that he has authority over sickness. He has authority over sickness. So he, he demonstrated two important things. One, there is authority in the word. Jesus has authority over sickness. The third one, he came, he, he came to this place where a leper came to see him. The leper came and sat before him and he said, God, Jesus, if you will, you can make me clean. Now, this must have been an isolated place because lepers were not allowed to come into the city. And people would not speak to lepers because they were supposed to be outcast. I have seen outcast, what it means to be an outcast in my nation. It's terrible. And so this guy is an outcast and he says, can you have compassion on me? And the Bible says he was moved with compassion. So Jesus started teaching his disciples that if you want to see, if you want to be a person who wants to see people saved, you have to be moved with compassion. You have to be moved with compassion. The compassion has to move you. Now I looked up compassion again there. It is not taking pity. It's not about taking pity. But it is feeling the heart of God for that person. It's not taking pity. It's feeling the heart of God for that person. A lot of times, we may have, we may have money and we may give people that money and we think it's compassion. It is not compassion. But when we feel the heart of God for somebody, that's when compassion moves you. The compassion was so massive in Jesus' heart that he was moved and he, and he stepped out and he took hold of this man and he said, I will that you may be clean. So this is a journey of teaching Peter, James and John what it takes to become a person who can gather people. And soon they, are, they, are, they have come into this house and four friends bring their paralytic friend. They lower him into the presence of Jesus because everywhere there are people sitting and they cannot be brought in. 
And Jesus said to him, I forgive you. Let me propose this. Even if Jesus had not died on the cross, he would still have been able to forgive our sins because he is God. That's what the scripture says. It says, But you may know that Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. See, Jesus had not died on the cross yet, but he, st- he was forgiving sins. So, he, he could have forgiven sin even before he had died on the cross. He was just demonstrating to Peter, James and John that I am God. That I am God. Put your trust in me. I will not fail you. I am not taking you on this journey where I will leave you by yourself. I am God. I am not the kind who leaves you alone by yourself. You know, a lot of times we fail to understand what Jesus has done on the cross. Let me propose this. Jesus did not have sin in his life. His blood was pure. He did not have blood from the Adamic race. Adam died because of his sin. Adam died because of his sin in Eden. And so everybody else died. If Jesus had died on the cross, you tell me what would have happened. There was no sin in him. There was no sin in him. He was pure. There was no sin in him. He sacrificed his life so that he would become a seed that would that he would like be become like a seed that is planted and dies so that there would be a big harvest. He died on the cross so that you and I can enter into heaven. There was no need for him to do that. The last le- there, there are a few lessons there. The last one that, that, he ta- that they taught Peter and James and John was he met Matthew who was a tax collector and he went to have lunch with him. Now, Matthew being the tax collector, he was considered a sinner. So, obviously, he had all these friends who were into booze party and whatever, what we would call sin. Jesus was not ashamed to go and sit in their midst. And he said, it's not, it's not the, the whole that, that the, it's, not, it's a sick who need Jesus. It's the sick who need God. It's a sick who need the physician. These are just simple keys that you and I can, can take hold of and assure ourselves that we don't need to have the, the grip of the whole Bible. Peter, James and John did not have it. But just simple fact that in spite of that Jesus took, him, took them and turned them into what they became later on. The last conversion that happened to them was the change of their heart. Jesus showed them all these things, but still the final conversion not had, had not happened. It happened when Jesus died on the cross. Their eyes were opened and they knew what it all meant and why they were called to be what they are called to be. 
Jesus has called us to be fishers of men. You know, I want to give you one last reason why I want to go and share the gospel with a lot of people. We have a small clip. We'll finish quickly. And then I just want to share a quick testimony and we'll finish. We'll have a clip going now. What if? What if you had a friend who died without knowing Jesus as their personal savior? What if he or she went to hell? What if one day you received a letter in the mail from beyond? A letter from hell. A letter from your friend in the flames of eternal torment. The following is a dramatic presentation. It was written by a fictitious high school student named Josh to a friend named Zach. Although Zach had every opportunity to tell Josh about Jesus, he didn't. They were best friends. They played soccer together, they went to classes together, they partied together, they shared their lives with each other. But there was one thing Zach held back from Josh. His personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The rest of the story is simple and sad. A few too many beers. A tragic drive home. A crash. A death. A funeral. A letter. Here is that letter in its entirety. A letter from hell. Dear Zach, I died today. It's a lot different than I expected. You see, I always thought dying would bring me into a world that's foggy and hazy. But this place is crystal clear. It's even more real than my life on Earth. I can think. I can talk. Feel. Right after the wreck, I could feel my spirit leaving my body. It was the weirdest thing, Zach. I thought I heard you screaming out to me, man. I must have been just imagining things. At first, I was just standing in line, getting registered, I guess. They asked me for my name and began to look this thing they call the book of life I guess they couldn't find it though because this huge angel standing next to me grabbed me by the arm and started dragging me away I was terrified I had no idea what was going on I asked the angel where he was taking me but he didn't answer so I asked him again finally he told me that only those whose names were written in the book of life could enter into heaven. And the rest would be condemned to hell forever. And I was scared. The angel threw me into some kind of holding cell where I've been sitting and thinking for a long, long time. Do you want to know what I've been thinking about? I've been thinking about you. Zach, you're a Christian. You told me so yourself. I mean, we talked about it three different times today. Kelly brought it up, and you laughed it off. Coach Adams brought it up, and you changed the subject. I mean, it came up right before the wreck. Well, the question I can't get out of my mind is this, Zach. 
Why haven't you ever told me about how to become a Christian? I mean, you say you're my friend, but if you really were, you would have told me about this Jesus and told me how to escape this terrible place that I'm headed for. I can feel my heart pounding in my chest. The angels who have been chosen to cast me into hell are coming down the hallway. I can hear their footsteps. I've heard of this hell, Zach. They call it the lake of fire. I can't stand it, Zach. I'm terrified. No, the angels are at the door. Oh, no. No! They're coming in, and they're pointing at me. They're grabbing me and carrying me out of the room. I can already smell the burning sulfur and brimstone. I can see the edge of the cliff where hell burns. This is it. I am without hope. We're coming closer, closer, closer. My heart is bursting with fear. They're holding me over the flame. I'm down forever. This is it. They have thrown me in. Fire. Pain. Hell. Why is that? Why didn't you ever tell me about Jesus? Jesus. Jesus. Signed. Signed. Your friend. Josh. Yes. Wish you were here. Wish you were here. Wish you were here. Wish you were here. You know, I didn't show that clip to to create a fear in you. Last week. A friend of mine had come to help me with a few things at home. I just turned around and thanked him for, for giving up his weekend to be with me and help me. You know, he smiled and turned around and said, you know, I'm on extended time now. Two months ago when I had met him, he was trying to kill himself. I led him to the Lord, and he smiled, and he looked at me and said, I'm on extended time. I sat back, and I thought, if he had not received the Lord that night, he would be burning in hell today. It's real. It's very real. Jesus has called you to be fishers of men. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter if you don't have the skills. You don't know the gospel. But you have your story to share. Tell him what Jesus has done for you. That's the biggest gospel that you can share with him. That's the biggest thing that you can share with him. Jesus is good. He can take what you have and he can change somebody's life. When I got saved, I did not know anything about Jesus. He just saved me. 
all I prayed was, Father, I need help. If you share your testimony with somebody, they will get saved. Because every time you share your testimony, you're sharing about God's goodness. It's easy. It's very easy. God can give you the boldness. He can give you the words and he can give you the skills. Tonight I want to challenge you. If you if you do not know this Jesus that I was talking to you about. If you are not sure where you are going. If you were to die today like that young man who died in the crash. And you don't know where you are heading for. Don't wait to find out my friend. Hell is real. You have an opportunity here tonight. To come to know Jesus. Is the only way. I come from a nation where there are 20 million gods. There are 20 million gods. But none of them died on the cross for us. There's only one God in, on, in heaven and on earth who's died for you and me because he loves us. My friend, if you have not received Christ, this is your opportunity. Don't delay. Don't put it off. Please don't put it off. I tell you, if you, are, if you have not received, you do not know Jesus Christ. Just wave at me. I would love to pray with you. I want to sit down with you and talk to you how we can, we can make this journey together. Jesus wants to know you personally. If you do not know Jesus Christ, this is a good time. If you have questions, we can answer those questions. If you are sitting here and you have gone away from God, you have walked away from God, you have had sin in your life, don't delay. Tonight is a chance to recommit. My friend got the second leash of life. You know, I, I will never forget the joy in his eyes that I saw. I had seen despair and I, then I saw joy. The joy of knowing the Lord. The joy of having hope. If you have been a Christian and you have walked away but you want to come back to Jesus, this is a good time. When the worship team starts, you know, worshipping, Come forward, we'll pray with you. And the last group that I want to talk to, you have friends, but you have been ashamed or you have been afraid to talk to them. Come before God tonight and say, God, just give me boldness. Just give me boldness. Move on my behalf when I pray for them. Heal them. Cast the demons out. I don't need to have a graduate degree to do that. I don't need to be a graduate. I don't need to be an engineer. I don't need to be a doctor to do that. Can you please do that for me? He will do it for you. I guarantee he will do it for you. He's a good God. Even as the worship team leads us in worship, 
if you feel you want to come to the altar tonight and make a commitment there's no need for anyone of us to lay hands over you it is between you and god just come before god and make that commitment tonight that god i want to partner with you i don't know the ins and outs but i want to make part i be a partner with you amen